0: the first service, spoke about us being laborers together till the Lord comes. And right now, most of you in this room know that we're right in in the harvest. For some folks, it's over. Some wishing it was over. And of course, there's yet some harvest to be done. This time of year when I was about 12 years old, dad would always hook up. Buster and Barney, to a, a box wagon, high wheels, big band board bang board on the side, and we went out to shut corn. And if you threw your corn over the bang board, guess what? You had to go get it, get it in the wagon. So this morning I'd like to read three portions for you. We're not going to ask you to turn there because I'll need all the time I get. Verse 20 is Matthew chapter 9, verse 37 and 38. Then sh- uh, saith he unto the disciples, The harvest is truly the plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers to the harvest. How many of you want to volunteer to go shut corners this morning? I don't expect they even got a high, high wagon uh, or high wheel wagon to take out there. Pray, therefore, the Lord of the harvest. He'll send forth laborers. So you have to look in these verses as we go through and find yourself. Uh, a little uh, f- teaser question is, are you a laborer? Secondly, has he tried to send you? Matthew tw- twenty-eight nineteen says, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And, Lord, I am with you always, even to the end of the earth. The next portion is in John chapter 4, verse 35. Say not ye, there are yet four months, and then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look to the fields, for they are white already to harvest. And then Luke chapter 2. We'll go there to, a uh, beg your pardon, Luke 10, 2. It says, therefore he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, and he that would send forth labors into the harvest. So, did you see anything in those verses that might fit your life? Anything that should fit your life? Are you a laborer? Or do you want to be a laborer? Do you want to be sent forth? The question is do you see the harvest? What is a harvest? Harvest of souls, people. The other thing is that if you're here this morning, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you could be a part of that harvest if you're not saved. Now, my start in life, I started like every one of you, lost. And 70 years later, or 70 years ago, July, I married my wife. I was lost. And the word got out that I was lost. And the folks at the Atlantic Gospel Chapel prayed for me that I'd get saved. Well, my wife didn't say anything to me about church before we got married, but she sure didn't forget it when after we got married, we got to go to church. <laughs> so we had quite a number of uh, riotous discussions, we'll say, because I didn't want to go. And of course, Things changed when you prayed because God honored that prayer. And uh, when we moved to Des Moines, about a month after we got married, we lived right across the alley from the Old Bible Church, and her sister and her husband went there, so I knuckled down and go once in a while. Didn't like it, but I'd go. And then they took me off to a Pentecostal church. And when the invitation came, they dragged me down to the front. Slapped me on the back. Just pray a little harder. Well, I got up, and went home, lost, and uh, our marriage, partly because of my inability to knuckle down to go to church, we were getting to the point it was almost time for divorce. My wife had we had moved four times, and w- my wife had uh, taken a job in a salad factory. And uh, there was a lady who came to work one day and she gave her a tract out of her hip pocket. And it was an invitation to the Capital City, capital city Baptist Church, Amherst and Shawnee in Iowa. And uh, because of the situation at home, I decided I better do something. Maybe I'd try that. So I went to church. Well, the mean old preacher, he preached on my sin, all of them. So I thought my wife had been there before me but the Lord had and so at any rate uh, I didn't like what I heard didn't want to go back so come Thursday night somebody come knocking on my door every Thursday night somebody come not because they saw me as a bad person but they saw me as part of the uh, harvest the need to get saved they had a burden uh, for my soul. And so I've consented to go back one more time. And when I did, the preacher preached the same message as near as I could tell. But I knew if I went home that night, if I went home I would and die, I'd go to hell. So that night I came back the second time, and that's when I got saved. So... You know where I was the next Thursday night? I was out knocking on somebody else's door. Because I wanted to see them get saved too. We had a visitation program. And all because of that tract that was handed to my wife. And she capitalized on it. And uh, brought it home. And the fact is that we acted on it. All kinds of situations will happen if you go on visitation knock on doors. I remember one time we knocked on a door in Omaha. I had another fella. And I had my Bible, and the lady opened the door. She saw my Bible and said, we don't need any. And shut the door. So do you stop there? Do you pray for them? What do you do about that? Then went along in July. This was in the spring of 1956 when I got saved. And along about July, I felt the Lord wanted me to go preach. So I went and talked to the preacher about it. He said, just fight to God. Just forget it. Forget it. August came, August the 23rd. Alice was helping the lady across the street in Bible school, and took our little boy, was two years old there. And uh, when it was finished, well, he slipped out of the church and headed for the car across the street, and uh, he got run over and killed uh, at Vacation Bible School. So it was a case that uh, we had a loss there, but he had been down the street talking to our drunken neighbor trying to get him to go to church this little two-year-old at any rate uh, we know that uh, for a fact uh, god cares for the little ones now uh, that fall they had two weeks of special meetings at my church and uh, at uh, the second week of the meeting i swear my life to preach the gospel now, i didn't know where i was going to preach or when i was going to preach but the men didn't take too much time to straighten that out, so they said you're going to preach New Year's Eve. And now, in between there, after being saved just a short while, they gave me a Sunday school class, and we were teaching the book of Revelation, and we had to go on Wednesday night and get the lesson from the preacher, and then teach the kids on Sunday. And so that was my first message was uh, Revelation chapter nine. In fact, I still have that message in my computer because it was one that the Lord used many times then that used it then and many times since now what about uh, 67 years ago Was when it all started new year's eve 44 years ago 1979 i started preaching at the atlantic gospel chapel i wonder how many of you number one prayed for me 70 years ago how many of you uh, have been around uh, for times of speaking here at the chapel but the fact remained is just a case of the field is still there when we came back to Atlantic later on uh, my t- young my girls were involved in a place called a salt cellar downtown and uh, I uh, had the privilege to teach the young people there in fact a, a young lady came by here just recently and said that she got saved at uh, one of my puppet shows all well, those puppet shows started because they Folks at the salt cellar had some young people come from Des Moines and uh, gave a lesson, and I liked that, and uh, went for one-day training, and from there on, uh, just ordered a set of puppets and went to work, and God used that to bring many, many children to the Lord Jesus, and uh, some friends of mine uh, were acquainted with the Bahamut Islands, and they said, you need to Go over to the Bahamas, there's lots of kids over there. And so I said, oh, that's a good idea. So I made some con- contacts and contacts. And finally, they had invited me to come to do the children's time at their conference, which I went. And uh, the brother uh, said, I'll pick you up at the airport. And so went outside with my stuff at the airport. He didn't show up and he didn't show up and he didn't show up. So I called his office and his second said, he said, uh, take a cab to this address, and I'll, he'll pay you back. Well, I got to the address, but I never got paid back. <laughs> it was the second worst social area of Nassau. So the, the lady took me in and said, your apartment's right up there. And so I went up the stairs and opened the door. And lo and behold, I had two uh, welcoming committee. They were about this long without the tail. They dove into the kitchen cabinets, and when they last one another, they say, we'll be back, and they were. They were all the time in the night running around out there. The proprietor, being a delder, he went and got some sticky things, little ones for mice, and I says, they'll put one of them on each foot and go down there and go skiing. So he came then with some big ones, and there was a hole in the bathroom where they came in and out, and so they, he said, he put the hammer on the counter, and said uh, here if you hear a noise out here you know what to do well I heard the noise all right well the rat got a- off his trap in the hole and down the, it got away so I didn't get to use a hammer but that's the first field and by the way it was supposed to be white under harvest but everybody over there is black so the thing is they still need the Lord Jesus Christ and the schools I would go to various schools over there to give them the gospel with a solo puppet. And then once in a while, I'd do the whole story. And this one particular school, they said it was gonna be mom's and dad's day. And so there'd be a lot of parents there too. So I had them all lined up, 90 some kids lined up there. I don't know if any of you ever eaten uh, smoked oysters in a can, but you open one of them and it's all looking at you. And that's just the way it was. Just heads, 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 heads. And they uh, had, Gotten their warders before I got there because they didn't dare get up and go out or make a noise because someone is in the back with their uh, Correction stick which in that case was a laugh like you put on the wall Put plaster on it was all of its fur on it, too, and they would use them to keep them straight so the thing is that uh, uh, during the time of the uh, Conference uh, some children got saved and The next year, I was over there for the conference again, and this, that particular year, they kept me in an elder's house, which was very appropriate and nice. And this young man came to the house looking for the preacher, and he got saved the year before, at the uh, children's meeting there at the conference. So we just have to count the Lord's blessings, and when He gives us a field, we need to go in the field and harvest. You know when dad says let's go pick corn i didn't ask him was well, there going to be any sand birds or cockle birds out there you just go pick corn and so we can't look worry about what's going to be good or bad when it comes to serving the lord uh, we have to go whenever he gives us that opportunity and uh, <clears throat> i think it was the third or fourth trip why I, I was to go to the island of eleuthera it's a long narrow island and uh, they uh but picked me up at the airport in a little uh, Volkswagen bus. He says, here, you drive. And there's a sign on the bash- dashboard that says, keep left. And so he want, took me out to the uh, ch- church out in the country, and the people were already singing. We was to stay over at the Sunday school rooms in an apartment, and there was already singing downstairs. Uh, by the way, that particular trip, Alice went along, and... Uh, we put on every stitch that we had on when we left Omaha in a sub-zero weather. That night, daughter tried to keep warm because the wind was blowing off of the ocean and it was coming in the windows and all the drapes just blew inside like the sail of Santa Maria. We couldn't stop it. We was cold. We got single beds and we got all the single little uh, covers they had on me and tried to cover up to keep warm. But uh, that particular time, we. Uh, saw many times when they go to schools and after you've been to one where the children see you coming by and that my little green bus there goes the puppet man you know so you make your imprint impression and uh, the i think a year or two later i was back to luther again going to the schools each one and uh, i just make a call i think i still have the list in my drawer at home But I could just make some phone calls, and and most of the teachers would be the same ones. They remembered the lesson. They remembered what and how it fit them personally as well as the children uh, that needed to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. And uh, they'd have the kids cleaning out the schoolhouse and buttering things all up real pretty because the preachers coming. But just remember that the Lord is always there. And if he gives you a feel of harvest, you need to go you need to go no matter what it is or where it is to do what he allows you to do after you get there because you see when I went to uh, Nassau to start with I was going over there to teach and preach to these little kids when I got to my apartment I was in this apartment house where there was drug dealers and drug users uh, live-ins a few good people and one prostitute and one preacher and they uh, I, I invited them all to come to the meetings and they, of course they didn't show up and, So I asked the proprietor if I could have a puppet show because I had a place in the the hall where I could get down and up through this window and do the puppet show. He said, sure. So I had to have another arm. So I got this one guy that was always around there. I said, will you help me? Oh yeah, he'd come help me. So when he came, he came with his bottle in the brown bag. And uh, he did leave it out the front of the stairs when he came in, but uh, we got started and just had the the songs uh, in the story I had it on tape, of course, and uh, there was a terrible explosion across the street, and all the lights went out. So, uh, what would be your assessment of that situation? The devil didn't want those folks to hear the gospel, and so we went downstairs, sat on the steps, and and I asked him. I said, uh, "He knew it was the devil made that happen," and he. I said. Where would you go if you died right now? He said it wouldn't be good, but he wasn't ready to do anything about it. Others that I spoke to in that apartment were knew their condition, but they weren't ready to change or make things any better. There was a I met a young man on Luther that came from the Cat Island, and uh, he uh, wanted to know if I'd come over to Cat island and uh, do a puppet show for Bible school over there for the kids. And so I conceded to do that. We set the dates and the times. Well, it turned out when he wanted me to come that he couldn't be there. So here I am with a uh, church and a bunch of kids and me and the puppets and nobody to keep them down when I was sitting behind the stage there They couldn't see what they were doing. But we went on through it. And the thing is that we started some crafts out of wood that I made, shipped over there by boat before we left Nassau, and uh, to do for their handcraft in the uh, Bible school. And they started start them, some of them, but they never finished them. And when it come time, they wanted candy. They didn't want no crafts. They wanted candy, because the people had been there before at different times would always bring them a bunch of candy and sweets and so forth. So the thing is that that particular situation Cat Island in the church there you gotta check the pew before you sit down because they're full of ter- termites and it was sitting on a block or something else and they might go down with you if you weren't careful uh, when I got over there they had arranged for me to stay at this one particular home and uh, I put my bag inside and then I saw uh, there was a fire ants and got in my bag and so I went outside and shook my undies off outside. I had ants in my pants, but they weren't on, <laughs> for which I was glad. The thing is that that place, and and the water, when I took a shower, smelled so bad. You just uh, ne- needed a clothespin on your nose because it was rainwater come off the roof, into cistern, pumped back up and through the shower head to you, and. Uh, the cistern had gotten a crack in it, so the water got a little, shall we say, ripe. And, but at any rate, and then one evening, I looked there by the sink in the bathroom, and here's this row of fire ants going up the wall. So I got my, uh, uh, some Windex and, and sprayed them. I had gotten that from the lady of the house, because to get rid of the ants out of my uh, suitcase, I sprayed the inside well them ants on the wall fell down but the next morning there was none there because their buddies came and they carried them all off but uh, we had meetings there and i had to drive the bus uh, it was another situation where you get out on le- on left field and you're in trouble but he said hey said we better put some gas in the buds and have the oil check so he put in some oil and some gas well i don't have any money to pay for it so guess who got to pay for it and uh, he took me down the way and showed me where I'd go to pick up kids every morning and then take them back after Bible school at noon and so that's what i did and then uh, I stayed there another night, or think it was, and then I went, uh, that evening we we had gospel meetings at night had bible school in the morning, I laid block in the afternoon, and then we had gospel meetings at night. well, this one lady. I was to take home. She went the other way from where the kids was, and when we got to her house, she said, uh, "I want you to come in for a minute." So I took her hand. She said, "Wait at the front door." So went in there, and, and uh, she said, "This is my room, and and my uh, sister or somebody, another lady, is going to move in the next room. And then they back to the third one. That's your room." Well, at any rate was such that I had to go through a a lady's room to get to the bathroom at night and I was about green-eyed with wondering what's gonna happen next so when we got back to the elders house the elders wife knew that something was haywire and I was shook up and uh, so I told her well what happened was the guy that stayed the first time had a chance to rent his house out so he was was gonna evict me but he didn't tell me that (laughs) and uh, at any rate, uh, the next day, the school bus broke down, so I didn't have to take go down there to take her back to her house and stay that night. I stayed at the elder's house, and I could come out of my ba- bedroom do- door, and right there's the bathroom, and I was having the need of that in the evenings because of some he- health problems. So th- the thing is that it was a case that it all worked out for the better, and uh, the. Uh, uh, bathroom there for the uh, church was an outhouse out behind, and of course there's no lights, so you didn't want to go out there at night because you never know what you're going to run into. Another uh, island I went to was Marsh Harbor, and I got there just before a hurricane. I helped the uh, elder put hurricane blinders on his windows, and uh, then I was just staying in a real nice apartment upstairs and uh, uh, at the chapel, and so I was had had my shower, was ready to go to, go to bed, had pajamas on, and knocked at the door, and there was a man out there and two carload of people he said the, the police have designated this ch- church as high ground. You're supposed to let us in. So I called the elder, and he said, yeah, I'll let him in. And uh, so I had uh, new neighbors all night long, of these were, regular people, not four-legged dudes. And uh, the, uh, uh, I asked the elder if I could have a puppet show and give them the gospel because they was going to be there because this hurricane is flow around out there and they ca- they were sailboaters. They came ashore to get away from the, the turbulent wind. Anyway, it uh, just happened that I asked the kids that, that was of the group if they wanted to help with the puppet show. Yeah, they wanted to do that. So we had the puppet show and all. And one of the guys that was there with the sailboat either was the one that now has a jewelry store downtown or was going to have one downtown in Atlantic, Iowa. Here I am over in the, in the Bahamas and run into this fella. So the thing is that you never know, but you've got to keep your best foot forward and always give him the gospel. That gentleman was, didn't know where he was going to go if he died that night. He, I ran into him two more times. I was on Nassau, and he still was not ready to talk about salvation. He didn't care. But when things kind of cleared up, they wanted me to go to another little island called Guanakee. And uh, the uh, main street of the island probably would reach from the Elm Street to the top of the hill. And that was it. That's all the road there was on the whole island. But there was a chapel there, and so we had Bible school. And uh, I stayed upstairs there and I, I had tv believe it or not but the only thing i could watch was whatever the neighbor across the street was watching cuz that was they had hooked up to his cable but at, at that uh, bible school there was one or two eld- uh, adults that came to the bible school that lived in, close by there that were retarded and needed some help that way and they came and they wanted to do the handcraft and be involved in the bible school and uh, when it come time for me to go back, they sent a boat over just for me to go back on. And in fact, it was the boat I was supposed to go on fishing on, but because of the hurricane, I couldn't go. So we <coughs> there's another trip over there. I went uh, to a little island called Green Turtle Key. It was just off the way a little bit from uh, Marsh Harbor. And uh, there again, that's... Poor area, a lot of poor people, but they're all needing saved. They all need the Lord Jesus Christ, and you can't let down. If one comes by, you they don't let one let it go by, but give them the gospel of Jesus Christ, so that they can know for sure that they're going to heaven. Most people didn't like to talk about that. Just like in downtown Atlantic, you won't find people want to talk about that because they don't care. They don't want to get hooked just like I didn't. And I guess I got hooked. At any rate, it's still great to know that I'm going to heaven. And uh, so 67 years ago, when I preached my first message, and 44 years ago, I started preaching to you all here. And maybe after and during that break, you might let me know if you've ever shucked corn, because that's a thing of the past. The uh, next trip, we're going to go, I'm just taking on these work trips with me is what I'm doing now. Give me the what for on the other end. But I had written to a little Nevis West Indies, and they wanted me to come down there. Well, there was a little island close by there called St. Kitts, and they'd like to have me stop there for 10 days uh, as I came in before I went over to uh, Nevis. And they'd arranged for special meetings And the meeting hall there was at least twice as big as this one. Maybe three times. And uh, we had uh, gospel meetings with the puppets. And the first night I preached on hell. And when I finished, they asked me to put my puppets away because somebody might break in and steal them. And they brought this fellow up to meet me. His name was Clipso Reggie because he was a street dancer. Everybody knew Clipso Reggie. And he as he came to meet me that night he was inebriated he was drunk but he told me I, he, he really liked the message you know that's a little strange for somebody to say I like the message of hell but nevertheless he did and so he came back uh, not that night or not the next night but the following and I asked him if he had a Bible he said no I said well you be here tomorrow night and I'll get, get you a Bible so as a result well, Reggie got a Bible and oh uh, at the close of the second time, his second trip there, I, there was a pew along this way facing the inside. And i tell him, "Man, hey, you want to talk about the Lord or have a problem, just go there and sit down. I'll come by and, and visit with you. Well, Reggie went over there and sat down. And I says, well, what do you need, Reggie? He says, I surrender. What he really meant was, I know I need to get saved. And so he trusted Christ as his Savior right there. And uh, the next night I got him his Bible. and I had to leave the next day to go across by uh, ferry to the island of uh, Nevis. And you had to be at the ferry dock early because it usually filled up and there wasn't room for everybody. Well, the elders were having a street meeting at the ferry dock. And, uh, and ne- Clepso Reggie came down there. They asked him if he would give his testimony. Oh yeah, he was happy to, to give his testimony. and so as he did that he uh, said that Jesus don't lie and let him know that he got saved and that Jesus was true and and, and I found out before I left Nevis then that he was taking his Bible going to the downtown businesses and telling them all they need to get saved with that new Bible and trying to reach them for Christ and uh, the one school that I had to go to there on uh, St. Kitts was uh, do school where they had a group of uh, deaf little deaf children couldn't hear a thing how are you gonna teach little deaf children now you think about that a minute what would you do you're brought to that is equation all of a sudden it's not like you had a week to prepare but here you are this is you ready to do this and I'll tell you one thing that a smile went a long way they like the puppet And they smile went a long way. And uh, then uh, another place I went there was a high school. I think there's about 90 some junior higher down below me. I was up on an elevated uh, walkway and the principal was there with me. And I gave the gospel with the puppet and uh, and told him uh, uh, how to get saved and so forth. And and, uh, so then I, that if anybody want to talk to her she said actually that the principal said if you want to talk to the preacher go to my office so after we finished we went down the stairs and went to her office and check and lo and behold there's a young lady in there and so I sat down to talk to her and uh, she asked me uh, a question uh, that would re- involve more of a current thinking and speaking of churches but then I uh, took her over to the book of Romans and and, uh, you guys go through uh, Romans here and your lessons Uh, and she uh, decided she wanted to trust the Lord and so she was uh, a teenager got saved and I think the last school I went to on that island was a primary school and uh, that teacher had requested I bring the whole tribe of puppets along not just the solo puppet and in fact uh, so I did and so we had a full blown uh, puppet show and sh- she herself said, now if you want to talk to the preacher about getting saved, go out there and stand along outside of my office. And several boys and girls came out to trust the Lord. And so we'd take them in the office one at a time and, and speak to them that way. So you have to be ready to take what the Lord gives as far as fruit is concerned there's fruit everywhere they may not come just like you'd like to see them come and they may not uh, end up like you'd like to see them but going back to the salt cellar here in town i know some of these uh, kids that were there and got saved and are now in full-time work uh, for the lord preaching the gospel and serving the lord in sunday schools and so forth so uh, you, you can't out god and those are still fruits that uh, tend back to what you have done. Uh, so, <laughs> we're going to go over a long tra- trip now. We're going to go to uh, Prince Edward Island up in Canada. It's north of, uh, on the north end of the main island there. And uh, I was to have a camp at a uh, big camp. 80 campers were supposed to be there. And it was a very unusual camp. And uh, don't shut your eyes to God's blessing because I think we tried that because we had kids getting saved all over the place. And it seemed like there was maybe a monkey see, monkey do. And the more we talked to them and the uh, counselors talked to the kids, that was not the case at all. And what I did there is I had uh, a big chart Uh, for it from eternity to eternity that I'd do in the morning uh, and then at night I'd give a story in the gospel well this one particular night this young man stayed behind to get saved and uh, uh, I dealt with him we sat down and he understood what was going on and uh, he uh, trusted Christ as his Savior and as normal for me when something like that happens I usually uh, shed a few tears which I did he went on back to his cabin and the counselor of that cabin was having all the kids to give their testimony how they got saved well he was the last man in so he's had to give his testimony and here all the rest of the kids already talked and he said well uh, the preacher cried over me and mind you now all the rest of them already said they were saved but after he gave that testimony three more trusted Christ because of what he said. And one one little guy come by one time, If says, if so-and-so don't get saved, will he go to hell? I said, that's what the, te- the Bible teaches. Well, later on in the week, we f- he came by, and everything had was straightened out, so to speak, and he'd, he'd gotten saved, this other fellow. But the question for you tonight, this morning is... Uh, when you pray for a soul, I trust you do. It's not done as much publicly as it we ought, as we should, right here. Uh, I'm sure that my name was on the ticket many times. But uh, we need to pray to get saved, and then we need to sow the seed of the gospel and water it with with prayer as well as with tears. So, a uh, personal question for you this morning. Have you ever cried over a lost soul with a desire for them to get saved? You think about what the scripture says when one got saved in Luke 15 there, that they're rejoicing in heaven for one that gets saved. Now, just this past week, I got an item on my computer. This gentleman by the name of Train, when he was 18 years old, he heard the gospel on the street corner in Scotland. And uh, he went, after that he got on a boat, and went to Canada, took up farming, got rich, and never heard the gospel again, never heard it again. But he was sitting on his porch, reminiscing life after 90 plus years. And he came down to that one verse where there in uh, Romans 1, uh, 16, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for the power of God and salvation to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And when he got to that particular verse and thinking about it, he thought, I need to get saved. So at 108 years old, he uh, put his trust in the Lord because somebody back there on the street corner in Scotland preached on Romans 1.16. And as God says, it won't return to him void and it did because of the soul that heard it got saved. The main thing we need to realize this morning is that uh, the scripture, Jesus, said teach each of us, Matthew 28 19, Go ye therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And lo, I'm with you, always see the end of the earth. So our responsibility is to go and give them the gospel and then teach them when you're finished. Now, needless to say, I haven't been back to teach all them little ones here and there and yon over the years. But the fact is that they have those that in, fall in behind me after I left. At that camp on Prince Edward Island, it was Emeas Bible Camp. We had 80 campers there that week. And by the time the week was over, over half of them got saved. So we just, praise the Lord for that blessing there's nothing that we did other than plant we're just planting and of course we had prayer meetings, counselors every day and we prayed over them they prayed over them and they uh, planted some more seed and watered it with prayer and love and tears as they went on to teach them proverbs 11 30 says the fruit of the righteous is the tree of life and he that winneth souls is wise so that main question for me and you as well is am i planting am i planting remember the harvest where is it it's across the counter from you in the grocery store it's across the street from where you live it's every place you go there's a field and it needs plowed and it harvest harvested for the Lord, and we will remember that if we do our part, God will do His part, and the Word will not return to Him void. Heavenly Father, we thank you this morning for your love and your faithfulness to us, as we have opportunities each one here this morning to go and give the gospel wherever you make opportunity, and may you honor that blessed that gospel, bring souls to Christ. And may that witness be carried on now through years, even night years if need be, before they trust Christ. But they would trust him for eternity, knowing that heaven's ahead and or hell, and they have to make the choice. Dismiss us now with your blessings, and give us each a heavy burden for the lost around us. And may we plant and water the seed of the gospel. In Christ's name. be good Some have somebody to follow on.